Welcome back to Friends and Neighbors. I'm Benjamin Wagner, and this week, we wrap up the year with a look back. Before we begin, a reminder that Wagner Brothers Film still needs your help raising post-production funds for our second full-length documentary, Friends and Neighbors, at fndndoc.com right now. Your support will speed to audiences this timely film about the impact of trauma and chronic stress on us, one another, and our civic fabric, and deliver a message of hope and healing. Please become a friend, neighbor, helper, or producer at fndndoc.com right now. No, uh, really, go ahead, please, right now, fndndoc.com. Okay, on with the program. 2022 has been an outstanding and occasionally excruciating year. Through it all, though, I've found an abundance of hope and healing in my community of friends and neighbors. I began the year committed to publishing our show once a week in order to share life wisdom from my vast network of actual friends and neighbors across the arts, media, and civics. Friends like New York Times editor Michael Slackman or Delaware State Senator Sarah McBride. Along the way, inspired in no small part by Sarah and music therapist and Iowan Kelly Ray Powell, I found the courage to share my own story of recognition, diagnosis, and healing from complex PTSD. In January, I was still waking up to the realization that I'd repressed, suppressed, ignored, and otherwise denied pain and sadness that had catalyzed anxiety, depression, ambition, and coping that came to include a degree of hypermobility that found me in Jakarta, Manila, Delhi, Amsterdam, Brussels, and Paris, everywhere and nowhere, simultaneously. In March, I realized that Friends and Neighbors was more than a podcast. It was a book and a movie and maybe even a movement. By April, I was shooting our first documentary interview in Chicago. As the year ends, I'm filled with profound gratitude for all of my friends and neighbors, the ones behind the mic and you there between the speakers or headphones. Because healing is a social act. We're reborn anew through regular, healthy social interactions by sharing feelings and making the mentionable manageable. As the year ends, I'm filled with profound gratitude for deep and simple moments I might have otherwise missed. Spotting a pair of Cooper socks on a hike last week or sharing falafel with Jeff and Kristen late this summer. Moments like bedtime, walking the dog, or showing up for Maggie and Elsie in small, meaningful ways. And as the year ends, I'm grateful for the wisdom collected and shared here. And so to mark the moment, Here are a dozen or so excerpts of some of the insights, guidance, and lessons learned from just a few of our friends and neighbors. What might you tell the young man or someone like him knowing what you know today? Your heart is in the right place and why you're doing it will make a difference. And don't take no for an answer. 
I guess I think of it more in a visual, like you get there and there's a wall in front of you instead of just saying, I can't, there's a wall in front of me. It's like, okay, can we dig a hole? Can we go around it? I think that my life has taught me that there are so many ways to go and cross to the other side. If I write about a painful period or something, then chances are someone else is going to hear it and be like, oh my God, I feel that same way too. What would you share with that six, seven, eight, nine-year-old little boy? What kind of wisdom would you share that might give him a little insight to move through the world in a different way than, than you were actually able to? I sometimes think about that little boy and how, how fragile in some ways he was to not lose the, the kindness in your heart. Mm. It's so hard to do because, you know, so many people could mistreat you and, you know, you're going to face any number of challenges, but how do you retain that essence? Aren't we all trying to find like that inner child, like that inner child mm. that is loving and that is kind the inner child that wants to give the extra bite to their sister or brother, just hang on to that. I think for most of us, you know, we can find a way back to find that same kindness and innocence, you know? If you were turning back to that, you know, nine or 10 year old on her bike, riding around the neighborhood, what would you tell her? What would you say to her about how it's turned out so far? I would say enjoy each day. You know, I try to find the bright side in every day. It will be there. I think my journey is not where I expected to be now, but it's again, not a drastic turn. And that's okay too. I feel like in the world we live in now, there is encouragement to be drastic. (laughs) I am happy where I landed. And I think about that a lot. What would you tell that little boy now? I would say, don't give up. Believe in yourself. Inside, I knew who I was, but I didn't think that I was going to be able to be who I was and be successful. I was like, I'm Black, I'm queer. I deal with mental illnesses. Either I'm going to become a victim of violence before I'm 40, I'm going to die of AIDS before I'm 40, Mm. or I'm going to kill myself before I'm 40. I didn't have a plan for what happens after 40, And now it's staring me in my face. I'm like, and I'm healthy, relatively speaking. I'm relatively successful. This was not in the, the book. What do I do? Part of me being the way as open as I am now and me being as authentic as I am now is because I hit 40 and I was like, oh, this is bonus time. And I want to leave this world with as few regrets as I can possibly have. I teach a lot of sort of beginner yoga and meditation and it's like people are wiggling about and they're like this is so hard and I don't want to do this and I was like yeah that's the point (laughs) like I think about this concentrated practice time that's your boot camp that's like you going to the gym prepping for a marathon you're not gonna suddenly start running the marathon you gotta train for it first and it just so happens that this mindfulness practice to me is training for life. Yeah. It's literally training for how you can be the person that you want to be in the world yeah. and understand that. When you think back to that girl in Houston, Texas, what would you want to tell her now? To not be so hard on yourself, you know, and that it's, it's all going to work out. I thought it was for a very long time as a young kid, I'm going to be a, 
rock star in a band or, or that's, that's it. That's what happens. Right. But I didn't know that there was a whole other world out there and a way to really connect and help people make art in a way that is so, so fulfilling. As cliche as it sounds, I would say there's more out there than what you are envisioning right now. There's even more out there. What would you tell that fourth grader today? What would you tell that little boy in the woods today? Well, I think I would say I'm right here with you. And if you trust me and you follow me, I'll show you the way home. Yeah. And what would you tell us? Well, I would say in the immediacy, the experience of of difficulty to see if you can not judge that experience and not make yourself out to be some kind of bad person, but just see that what you're going through is probably very, very typical of the human experience. In the moments pre-Civil War, the people who were enslaved in America could still gather around campfires to sing freedom songs and hold out hope for freedom. If people in the depths of the Great Depression, standing in bread lines, could continue to get up and continue to fight for change. If service members on the front lines of World War II during D-Day can withstand and come through the, the bullets of a seemingly impossible advance. If John Lewis getting beaten and bloodied on the Edmund Pettus Bridge can continue to walk across that bridge. If these people who had every reason to give up, every reason to feel hopeless and pessimistic about the capacity for us to overcome those challenges and to come out better than before, if they didn't give up in spite of all of that, if they were still able, without the light at the end of the tunnel visible, continue to move forward and actually find that solution, then I think if history is any indication, this is not the end, but just another one of those moments. That if we do persist, if we do keep up a level of hopefulness, even in the face of evidence that suggests that the most realistic person should be pessimistic, should give up hope, if we merely continue to persist, then I think once again, we will be a generation that finds that light at the end of the tunnel, that creates that progress, that overcomes that challenge, just as previous generations have before us. There's no burning bush. There's nobody saying, you know, you need to do this now. To be faithful to your path in life, you need to quit MTV and go join an ashram in India. Part of the struggle of being a human is you don't really know. (laughs) You don't really know. You take it a day at a time, and after 10 years, you look back and say, oh, that's what that was about. Fred would have compassion about that, too. Chogim Trump of Rinpoche founder of Naropa, he had this quote I always loved. He said, the bad news is you're falling through the air, nothing to hold on to, no parachute. The good news is there is no ground. <laughs> I love it. So just whenever I literally feel like I'm flailing, I'll picture that and I'll be like, okay, how willing am I? You know, How able am I to lean into that experience in this moment? I'm not going to hit the ground. I know that it's going to be, you know, whatever my response to life, the relationship, mm. whatever but here's my invitation. This moment is inviting me to pay attention. It is time to get simple and deep. Yeah. It is time to mention things that are terrifying and, and make them more manageable and to normalize scary things and just sit with each other 
as we're feeling them and try to learn that it's okay not to have the answers that no matter what, you know, this is, this is scary. This must be so scary for you. I don't know the answer, but I know that you are not alone in this. Yeah. So yeah, be messy. We need to be able to be messy with the people that we love and to be able to know that we can screw up and that at the end of the day, there is hope, not because we have answers, but because we're not really alone. That was Alberto Mendoza, Jamie Lenhart, Kirtan Smith, Sam Critchell, Mike Joseph, Kim Tai, Jeff Berner, Matthew Tusignat, Sarah McBride, Tim Madigan, Martine McDonald, and Kelly Ray Powell. And I'm Benjamin Wagner. Thanks for being on this journey with me and thanks for being my friend and neighbor. Wishing you and yours a holiday season filled with love, light, friends, and neighbors. Friends and Neighbors is an Essential Industries production in association with Wagner Brothers. Please help us bring Friends and Neighbors, the documentary, to the big screen by visiting fnndoc.com. Without your support, we simply can't finish the film or carry on this deep and simple podcast. So thank you. It's a good feeling to know we're lifelong friends. <laughs>